Amen. All right, we're in the study of? Study of, man, do something. I forgot to write it up here. World religions, cults. Anybody? Help? And the alcohol. Give it up for Bobby. Woo! That's right. Thank you, Bobby. Man, I'm sweating bullets on that one. I haven't written that fast since third grade. But anyway, that's right. And I still write like it, too. But anyway, that's right. I think I graduated at some point. Uh, world religions, cults, and the occult. We are on the next topic. I believe the, what are we on, the fourth one now or something like that? Uh, Buddhism. Okay, if we can actually get there. And, uh, uh, but actually what we're talking about, once again, is spinoffs of, of Hinduism, which Buddhism is. Okay, And we've already seen a few of those uh, already uh, tonight. Now, if you guys recall from last time, we saw the first spinoff we dealt with was the Baha'i faith. Remember that? Right? And uh, the next one we saw was uh, Jainism. Okay, and then Zoroastrianism, okay, and then I believe it was the Hare Krishna movement, okay, it's gone there, and, uh, but we kind of left off on the issue, number five, on Taoism, okay, now why is that important, because guess what, there's a big movie out there, movie chain, they get restarted again, and guess what it's based off of? A lot of Taoism, okay? They throw in a little bit of everything. Even we're going to see a little bit tonight. Maybe, dare I say, maybe a little Confucianism and stuff of that nature. But what we're going to see, once again, is not just these different beliefs, but a lot of people here in America, dare I say, even in churches, their uh, theology, their understanding of God, okay, is actually infected by some of these other ones. Now, they say, oh, I'd never be a... We're going to see tonight Shintoists or Taoists. Well, really? Uh, some of the things coming out of your mouth that you say is uh, about God is not only not about God... But you're being infected from a different source. And as we're going to see, it's not only in the media, but man, it's all over the place, including video games. Interesting. Hey, Chris, just by the way, before we get there, Lord willing, video games. How much more money is raked in on video games than Hollywood, than movies? Wow. Video games, I'll repeat that for those of you on tape. Video games makes more money than Hollywood, music, all forms of media combined. Uh, video games tops it all, okay? So, and how many parents really pay attention to what's going on with the video games? Mm, yeah, we're going to get to that tonight. But Taoism, let's do a little refresher because, again, this is the issue. What does Taoism believe? Taoism, we saw last time, if you were here, we saw that uh, basically is, has its own set of scriptures, which is referred to as Tao, Okay, that's where they get that term. Now, Tao is actually the character of the Chinese alphabet, which actually means the way or path. Okay, so again, basically, they try to supplant Christianity. It's not Jesus. This is the way, Tao, okay, uh, to follow. Now, as we saw, it basically deals with the flow of the universe or the force. Where have we heard that before? Star Wars, the force behind the natural order that keeps, keeps things in balance and in order. Now, as we saw before, that's based on the yin-yang principle. Remember that? Okay, and basically they have a, a, a different forms of Taoism, not too surprising because with Hinduism, again, 330 million different gods, okay, uh, there's some spinoffs even in Taoism, there's, there's the uh, uh, different form, philosophical religions and Chinese folk religions, so they break it down into uh, also an ancestor worship, it's very important as we saw, they actually will uh, sacrifice money and things uh, to their deceased ancestors, uh, which is necromancy when you're trying to contact and commune with them, which the Bible forbids. We, we saw that last week, Deuteronomy 18. Uh, but anyway, they burn the cash, if you recall, so that the ancestors can have some money in the afterlife. Wow. Okay, but that was pretty interesting. Okay, And uh, the Catholic Church does it today with their, you know, give us some money, we'll pray for your uh, loved one 
supposedly in purgatory and they shave off some time, okay? But the yin-yang, based on that yin-yang, that balance principles we saw before was kind of like symbol, whatever, I don't know, and, the, and black and white and things of that nature. And that's what it's supposed to symbolize, the opposite forces, okay? Is that principle, how it's interconnected and interdependent upon one another. That's exactly the whole principle with Star Wars. And again, I'm not going to go into it too deep because, Lord willing, we're going to have a whole study just on this aspect, probably towards the end of this study on Buddhism, as well as probably a whole study on martial arts, because that's another issue that they're getting people uh, schnookered into this. But basically, the yin-yang principle is they say that black uh, could not exist without white, dark could not exist without cold or uh, light, cold without heat, etc., blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that, this Tao, it deals with the flow of the universe and, and the whole principles, all these different techniques that you could utilize and manipulate to keep a proper flow or balance. Again, the premise behind uh, Star Wars. That's the yin-yang principle. Okay. Now, as we saw last time, that's not what the Bible says. Okay. Uh, that there is evil and there is good, but uh, evil. Uh, uh, it is true that evil would not exist without goodness, but the reverse is not true, right? Uh, goodness can exist without evil, right? Uh, we give you the one example. The doctor doesn't have to have asthma in order to know how to treat asthma. Plus, there is no interconnectedness. There is no dependency. God is what? He is holy. He is holy. He is holy. He is not dependent upon his character, keeping his holiness in balance with evil. That's ridiculous. It's blasphemous. So this whole yin-yang principle is not at all the biblical principle. As we saw last time, unfortunately, that's what people's kind of connotation of God versus the devil is, isn't it? Like it's kind of 50-50 split, right? God, I hope he did Maybe it does. What? God is so far above and beyond. Right? He is self-existent. Satan is a created being, as we saw Sunday, if you were here for the sermon. Right? He's originally created good by God until evil was found within him. But he's just a created being. Powerful, but he's created. He's nothing like God. Okay, so get this Star Wars concept out of your brain about God versus the devil. God never loses and he never will. And nobody can ever outsmart him or overtake him. Okay, and we need to understand who he is. But again, this mentality, uh, it kind of brings it into the church. Church falls for this kind of stuff, and that's how they kind of view God. They get all messed up. Now, set all that just as a refresher to get to this issue. Because again, what's this how, this force, whatever? Well, the term that they have isn't like, use the fork. I mean, force. You could use that the next potluck if you want to. But I, whatever. But anyway, so they don't, they don't say uh, uh, the force necessarily, okay? Uh, they use this principle. It's called a chi. Now, you know why that sounds familiar? Because those chia pets. No, I knew you'd say that, but that's not what I was going to do. I was going to joke that. It's not a chia pet. I don't think so anyway. <laughs> but it's more of the, the Japanese arts, the tai chi, Right? What are they doing? What's with the whole thing with the martial art? We'll get into that later, okay? But it's, again, manipulating this force, okay, with different movements and things of that nature. But chi uh, is defined, this is still in Taoism, defined as the energy force that gives life to all things. What does that sound like? Once again, the premise of Star Wars. And the idea, of course, comes from Taoism, which teaches that there are spiritual and health benefits to developing and strengthening one's inner chi, Right? So different things, different techniques, different modes, different. everybody's got all their different methodologies that you can manipulate this life force chi and you could be better, feel better, have better things happen to you, etc. And in the case, we'll see Lord William in martial arts to use that power to overtake your enemy and commune and get, okay, it gets very spiritual very quickly. Now, they, you can do this, they teach through meditation, which we saw is not the same thing as biblical prayer, over and over again. Different exercises, techniques, again, including uh, uh, martial arts and things. Uh, they also use this principle, chi, uh, in Chinese medicine, acupuncture. 
Okay, we'll get into that, Lord willing, on the topic of New Age. Because a lot of these practices have been uh, basically hijacked by New Age, and they use them to really open up spiritual doors and things of that nature. Uh, again, some martial arts, and they have the ultimate purpose of balancing and enhancing one's chi physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritual. You cannot escape. Just like, remember the yoga thing? You can sit there and tell yourself all day long, oh, it's just physical exercise. It's just physical. How many times do we say absolutely not? You cannot divest the two. You can't separate the two. They're one and the same. You push it far enough, and the spirit is going to come out. It's the same thing with this. You push this far enough, and you get involved in these practices, spiritual's coming, and it ain't the spirit of God. This stuff gets very, very demonic very, very quickly. In fact, I was watching some... Video clips, I'll probably share them for the final countdown update 5,322. <laughs> These guys are doing this, uh, this uh, uh, Buddhist uh, tattoo festival over there. Chris sent me the video tips, uh, tapes, and, and the links. And uh, these guys are literally going full-on possessed. I showed Rebecca that. says, Here, here's why you don't want to get a tattoo. And, uh, but anyway, but uh, basically the tattoo is basically the, the, the specific ones that from this supposed guy, whatever, it's their religious belief, whatever. But they believe in getting that tattoo that it's going to open up the spiritual realm and they can be possessed by these deities. And they were. These guys were, wow, right? There's a whole lot more going on. Uh, that meets the eye and most people realize. You just it think it's just, anyway. Uh, they, they, some say that the chi, this chi, no big deal, force. Hey, that's no different than the life force that God spoke into Adam. No, you can't uh, combine this with Christianity uh, because, again, the philosophy behind Taoism is incompatible with Christianity, okay? First of all, the Taoist view of God is that, listen, each person has his or her own definition of what God is and each definition is perfectly acceptable, neither right nor wrong. So can you merge that with Christianity? No, who defines who God is? Rhymes with God. God, that's right. Hey, thank you, Rick. Uh, yeah, God defines who he is. We don't get to make him up. And yet, is that not what people do today? How many times have you heard this? It's, it's, it's a, if you will, a Taoist mentality. You just make it up however you want. And nobody's right, nobody's wrong. And so you just make it up. Uh, you know, and they do it with this. Maybe you've heard it put this way. Uh, my God is a God of love. And he would never send anyone to hell. How many of you guys have heard that one? First of all, that's not the God of the Bible, which means you just made up your own God. That's Taoism, right? Okay, God defines for who he is. Oh, by the way, your God who you say would never send somebody to hell, that's the worst. I would never worship that God. Because that's to say, oh, I'd never worship a God who would make it. Well, let's examine this for a second, right? You say that God, okay, uh, would never create a hell. All right, then what do you do with somebody like a Hitler? What do you do with serial killers? What do you do with people who uh, reject God's merciful love, right? Every, so that, are you mean everybody gets to go to heaven? There's no consequences to sin? Is that right? Is that loving? What kind of love is that? I'll give you another analogy. You're in a courtroom, right? The gavel has been passed. The, somebody had actually murdered your whole family, right? And you're in the courtroom. The person's guilty. They even admit it, right? Everybody knows, right? And the judge gets up there and says, okay, the verdict's in. You're completely guilty. You admit it. The evidence is there's no doubt whatsoever. But you know what? I'm a loving judge, and I'm going to let you go scot-free. You as the person in that family, is that judge loving? What kind of a judge would that be? Here's the misnomer that people say, my God would not, you know, you cannot have love without justice. And God loves people enough that he gives them a way out, as we saw on Sunday, through Jesus Christ. You don't have to go to hell. But God's going to honor your decision because he is just. Because you cannot have love without justice. And God is both. 
So you sitting there trying to split it down the middle and say he can only be love, that's not biblical love. And that's not much of a God either, okay? But that's their mentalities. You can make it up as you go, uh, Taoists. And the idea of chi cannot be separated from the spiritual realm. When, I love this. When one engages with the spiritual realm, he or she will either encounter God or the demonic. And this ain't from God, so guess where you're headed? Demonic, okay? Uh, clearly, okay? And that's why, as we saw last week, I'm not going to read it again. We read it last week. Deuteronomy 18, God forbids these practices. Why? Because they lead to demonic activity. And God wants us to know the truth. Seemingly innocent practices like trying to balance or strengthen one's chi may in fact pr uh, produce some perceived benefits. Oh, I feel better. I feel relaxed. But if those practices are not in line with the biblical worldview, they are to be avoided. Why? Because you can't separate the spiritual. And this is not from God, so guess where it's going to ultimately lead? Just like with yoga. To the demonic. Okay? And you can't blend the two. Now, another way you're thinking, well, I'll never get into that stuff. I don't watch Star Wars, and I don't believe in Taoism. I'm a Christian. Well, have you ever practiced something this or, or had some uh, remodeling done, and somebody came up to you and said, hey, you need to work on your fin shui, or however you pronounce that, right? Okay? Well, believe it or not, that's another tool that they use, okay, to snooker people into a Taoist mentality. Not just Star Wars, not just Hollywood, okay, but also with this. Now, this uh, fin shui, however you pronounce it, literally means wind water. And it's a Chinese system of aesthetics uh, believed to use the laws of heaven and earth to improve the receiving of the positive flow of energy, chi. Okay, specifically, it's once again, this chi, this principle of life force. So basically, you got to manipulate your environment, and then you do it in a certain way, and it's kind of like almost based on astrology and things of that nature. You got to line this up with this, and the stars, and this, and if you position this and that, and, that, and then, hey, you're going to have positive things happen in your life. That's what this practice basically is. The goal is practiced today is to build the human environment on spots that have good chi. The perfect spot is believed to be a location and an access in time, right? And there's certain spots you want to uh, arrange in a certain way, and you want to have certain, if you will, hot spots that are supposed to enhance this chi force. Now, believe it or not, we'll see this Lord willing later. This is a very common thing. And again, New Age is a hodgepodge of everything we're talking about. A little bit of everything. But New Age has this big thing. I remember back in the day in New Age, there were certain places they teach on the planet that were hot spots, right? Uh, good spots, better spots to connect with the spirits and things of that nature. Now, in California, of course, one of the big ones was Mount Shasta. Okay, have you ever been there? That's a huge mecca uh, for New Age and things of that nature. You go around there, you start to get into those little towns. Uh, even the ones that, you know, one of those towns with the banjo, right? And man, there's a bunch of New Agers there, right? There's a lot of drugs in there, too. Okay, and they do a lot of the drugs because it gets them into an altered state of consciousness, etc. Okay, uh, so it's not just party animals. Mount Sasha. Now, not too far from us, there's another hot spot that's supposed to be really great for you know connecting with the life force, right? And that is in Sedona, Sedona, Arizona. Have you ever been there? Very beautiful place. Both of these are. Okay, but they believe that, you know, maybe inside these mountains there's a giant crystal and it'll absorb. Right? Yeah, okay, but this is serious. It's kind of the same mentality, right? You've got to be in the right spot and manipulate things in the right way and it can enhance like a, like a TV receiver and you can, and, yeah. Okay, but that's what it is, okay? Now, the most popular use of uh, feng shui, whatever, in the West is in the area of interior decoration of rooms and homes and exterior design and buildings, Right? So this is kind of a, a bigger thing for those who apparently have the money to not make it up yourself. Okay, <laughs> please tell me how to do it. 
Okay, and, uh, but that's what it is. Ancient Chinese Feng Shui has been reinvented by New Age practitioners, incorporated into their practices. I just talked about that. While many people dismiss this as simply superstitious nonsense and pseudoscience, others can become so enamored of the philosophy of this that it exerts an enormous influence in their life decisions. Listen, even going to the extreme of using it for healing purposes in place of modern medicine. And we're going to see this again, Lord willing, in New Age big time. New Age is all about this with Reiki and all these different forms of massage and again with acupuncture and all these other different forms that you don't need. You need to, here's the term, holistic healing. I think you guys heard that. That's a big buzz phrase for New Age today. Holistic dental work, holistic whatever, holistic. Uh, you better be doing some investigation with those people because a lot of it is a New Age mentality, right? I'm not just giving you a massage. I'm not just a, a, a chiropractor trying to, but I'm working the life force in that and whatever. Oh, I felt this burning. Yeah, it wasn't the spirit of God. Right? A lot of it's involving into the medical practices as well. Uh, as well. But that's also that kind of mentality. Now, no amount of appealing to inanimate forces will produce tranquility and harmony in our lives. Only God can produce that. Right? So you can arrange your furniture all you want. And ain't going to give you peace. Husbands, double amen. Right? <laughs> I'm not moving that picture one more time. I don't care. Just be at peace, right? And I'm not talking about my wife. I'm talking about Debbie. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, all right. But anyway, so that's, but, but again, what is it? It's just, right, if you don't want to get into the martial arts and if you don't want to just go straight into Taoism and if you don't want to get indoctrinated through Star Wars, you're going to get through this, okay? But it's that same kind of mentality, right? Bleeds into newism, it's a new age, it's all over the place. Now, we're going to take it to the next uh, topic there, and this is Shintoism. How many guys, guys heard of that one? All right, Shintoism. All right, it's a Japanese religion. You know why? Well, it'll make sense in just uh, in a second. The Japanese people have a fierce love for their land and believe that the Japanese islands were the very first divine creation. And Shintoism teaches that no other land other than Japan is divine, making Japan unique in the world. And I love this quote, not so surprisingly, Shintoism is not popular outside of Japan. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Hey, what's your religion? I worship Japan. You know, but that's basically what it is, right? And they believe that they're, they're a deity. Now, this is what I found very interesting. Listen to this. The two fundamental Shinto doctrines are that Japan is a country of the gods and her people are descendants of the gods. And as soon as I read that, my notes, I go, wait a second. That might explain some things. World War II. Of all entities for Hitler, with his master race, who they believed that they were basically divine at the top, everybody else was just a lesser race and things of that nature, of all entities on the planet for Hitler to strike up a bargain with, guess who? Japan. Do you see how it slides together? They had the same mentality. Okay? Fits hand in hand. Okay? This concept of the divine descent of the Japanese people as well as the divine origin of the land, has given rise to the conviction of superiority over other countries and peoples. Uh, with the exception of a few designated sects of Shinto, the religion has uh, no founder, no sacred writings, no authoritative set of beliefs. Okay, apparently it's just, hey, we're divine, the land's divine, the people come from the gods, everybody knows it, that's the, that's the deal. But they have worship that takes place at the numerous shrines, Shinto shrines throughout Japan there. Uh, a lot of the Japanese families have their own shrines, uh, to their own deities and things uh, based on Shintoism, uh, even in their own homes. Now, the word Shinto comes from the Chinese word Shin, Shin, Tao, Tao, which means what? 
the way, right? And that's that same character that we saw there, Shintao, which means the way of the gods, right? So that's the core meaning of this, that this is the way of the gods. Of course, they believe that they are the Japanese race, etc. blah, blah, blah. Okay, a major feature is the notion of what is called kami, okay? The other ones had uh, chi, okay? These guys got what's called kami, okay? And uh, kami uh, is basically the concept of a sacred power in both animate and inanimate objects, right? That that pew, they would say, has kami uh, in it and could come to life. A tree has kami and could come to life, right? And things of that nature. Animals can have kami in it, not just people, right? But all these other things, inanimate objects uh, can have that. Now, who, who does that sound like? We might get into this in New Age again with the uh, shamanism, uh, American Indianism. Boy, are we getting led down a path and spiritualism uh, in that, right? That the, the wolf, the spirit of the wolf and the spirit of the bear and all this. And they talked to me and they became, that was my ancestor and blah, blah. And the tree, right? And Pocahontas, remember that cartoon from Disney? I don't think I've ever seen it thing, but the premise of it is this is, I think it's on record to be the most historically inaccurate depiction of Pocahontas, okay, who, by the way, became a Christian, okay, and, uh, and she renounced all this stuff, but what does that cartoon make it sound like? That, oh, this is great, and she sang and ran with the beavers or something, I don't know, but the spirits behind the trees and all that stuff, right? It's the same kind of thing. That's going on there. We'll get into that, Lord One, uh, with New Age. But that's what they have. They believe that this kami uh, is in everything, okay? Uh, the Shinto is a powerful sense of the presence of, of, of uh, uh, gods and spirits in nature. Uh, they're too numerous to be grouped into a hierarchy, the different gods. But the sun goddess Amaterasu, not to be confused with that dessert, uh, you know what I'm talking about, is highly revered, and her grand temple is located 200 miles southwest of Tokyo. Now, the religion of Shinto is obviously incompatible with, guess who? Christianity. Now, we still got a long ways to go in our world religions, cults, and the occult setting. But remember, as I, I don't know if you guys recall, at the very beginning, I says, wait till we get done with this. And you, you think it's ridiculous now? But when we get done with this study, how ridiculous it is, ridiculous it is for people to make this statement. All religions basically teach the same thing. And I just hit this point in my notes. I'm going, you know, are you kidding me? <laughs> How could you? I mean, just what we've gone so far, right? We're still in world religions. We haven't even got into the cults and the occult yet. How could you make that statement? And again, that's my summation. Anybody who comes up to you and says all religions basically teach the same thing, right? Just told you they don't know anything about Christianity and they don't know anything about world religions. They're so diametrically different, it's crazy. And they, none of them agree with Christianity, okay? The first idea that the Japanese people, okay, the problem with this, and their land are being favored above all others, contradicts the Bible teaching that the Jewish people are God's chosen people, not the Japanese, with all due respect. However, as we saw in our Judaism study, okay, the Jews, yes, they're God's chosen people. He's not done with them yet, but uh, he has uh, never designated them that they are better than any other people, okay? And he certainly did not say that they are a descendant from the gods, okay? So, so that's the difference. Second, the Bible says that obviously there's not many gods, as uh, Shintoism would say. There's only one God, okay? He alone created the universe, and he reigns over it sovereignly. And the idea that gods inhabit the rocks, the trees, the animals, combines two falsehoods. One, polytheism, poly meaning many, theism, many gods, okay? And animism, the belief that gods are present in objects, Okay, now believe it or not, you'll actually get some of this animistic mindset when you get to Lord willing, we might talk about that in the charismatic study, 
and that's in, in the charismatic mindset. Okay, you get some people that are so into quote spiritual warfare, which spiritual warfare is real. I was talking to somebody again with that today, right? 65% of the professing church does not believe in a literal devil. I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. Now you've gone too far to this end of the spectrum. However, you got a segment of the church and you get into a lot of hyper charismatic stuff, okay? And there's a devil in everything. There's a demon to blame for this. Demon gave me a flat tire. Demon makes me chew gum. No, he doesn't, Bobby. Uh, demon all this, demon this, demon that. And you're, you're so focused on the demon, you can't do anything else. You're in a state of fear, right? And, but anyway, when you get into this end of the spectrum, everything's got a demon behind it. Don't touch that coffee table. There's a demon in it, right? There's a demon. That, that's what we're talking about here in inanimate objects right? You look at spirits, you look at demons, do demons go into inanimate objects? Show me the verse. Well, they will go into people, they will go into animals, but not inanimate objects, right? That's what we see in the Bible, right? But they'll take it too far. Oh, no. In fact, with Paul, he's talking about a dead thing, and we're talking about live people, live pigs in the scripture. They went in the pigs, went over the hill, right? And this is Paul's thing. He was talking about meat sacrificed to idols, Right? And that was a big brouhaha in the early church. If you recall that passage there, I believe in Corinthians. And he's, he's talking about basically that uh, uh, people would take meat and they would sacrifice it to the idols, obviously, right? And that's a demonic practice, right? And it's not the true way, right? But there were so many people doing this that the priests, albeit not Christian, they would have so much meat left over that they basically would open up a shop in the back of the temple and sell meat at a cut rate price, cut rate price. Right? It's like, and so, do I go to Smith's or do I go to Walmart? Right? And so if you want to save some money, you went to apparently Walmart. Right? And basically that was it. They opened up a, a cut rate. And so guess what? So why would I pay XYZ extra money for the exact same cut of meat I could get back here? Well, that's what Christians were doing. Well, it caused a ruckus. Because there were some Christians, young Christians, whose Paul said that they hadn't matured far enough. It was a stumbling block to them. I can't eat that meat. It's got a demon in it. <laughs> And when Paul say, yeah, you're right. No. He said, it's just a piece of meat. It's dead. There's nothing, it's inanimate. There's nothing in it. Right? But don't force the guy, if, his if he's not there yet in his conscience, don't sit there and have him over. Hey, buddy, how'd you like that steak? I got it from Walmart. Oh, demon. No. <laughs> that kind of worked out weird. But anyway, so. <laughs> but that's the principle, right? It's like, no, it's inanimate. You can't, it's not going to be in there, right? So, but anyway, you'll get some of that mentality that there's a demon behind. There's a demon in the piano. Demon. That's this belief here, too. So, again, some of that's crept in uh, to the church, unfortunately, as well. Third, Shintoism fosters pride and feelings of superiority in the Japanese people, and such elitism is condemned in the Scripture. Why? Because God hates pride, right? And pride is the very thing that keeps people from coming to Him, right? Open your Bibles real quick. Two passages. Psalm chapter 10. Psalm chapter 10. Let's take a look here. Mm-hmm. For those of you hooked on phonics, how would you pronounce that? Psalm. Psalm chapter 10. <clears throat> and uh, let's take a look here. Uh, verse 4. Psalm 10, verse 4. In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. Who's him? God. Right? In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. He is what? Haughty. And your laws are far from him. God hates pride. Pride is all about Satan. I will be God. It's my way or the highway. I want it when I want it, how I want it. That's pride, right? 
That was the fall of Satan we saw again last week. I will be like God. I will ascend. I, 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 my, my, I know better. I. You think it every time at the moment you think about it, when we commit a sin at that moment, that's the height of pride. That is the moment that we are saying, I, my will is better than God's. Pride keeps us uh, from God. Now go to a Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. God has a very strong uh, words for this. Okay. Proverbs chapter 6. And uh, verse 16, right? Notice the strong words that God uses here uh, in his word. Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 6, verse 16. There are six things the Lord what? Hates. That's a pretty strong word. Seven that are what? So he got whatever this list is, God hates it and it's detestable. How many guys would say that's not a good thing to be a part of? Yeah, strong words, all right? And uh, here's what it is. Ha- oh, there it is. Haughty eyes, right? You don't need God. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among the brethren. God detests that, okay? And this whole belief that you're better than anybody else. Oh, do you think God was pleased, okay, with Hitler's belief with the Aryan race? How did that go? How was that beneficial to mankind? No, it's horrid. This is the same principle, with all due respect. You're better than everybody else. You're a descendant from the gods and all that stuff, right? No wonder uh, this is not at all like biblical Christianity, okay? Uh, in it, the teachings of the basic goodness of divine origin of the Japanese people also means they don't think they need a savior, right? Why? Because we're a descendant of the gods. We're great. You're, too bad you're not like us, you little thing down there, right? And so, again, that's a stumbling block to the gospel. Yet, what's the scripture say? All. Does that include the Japanese? All people have sinned on the planet and fall short of the glory of God. Also, the, the kami thing that Shintoism teaches, uh, that they teach that the kami might commune, okay, this force might commune with those who have made themselves worthy through ritual purification, right? So you can have a, a, a relationship, you can have some interplay going on, you can have a benefit with this kami force, Okay, in the forces of the gods and blah, blah, blah. Okay, if you do certain practices and rituals and all this stuff, and, which is basically a works-based salvation. That's not like Christianity. Plus, is that what God says? You got to go through hoops and rolls and got to do these certain things and then I'm going to chum up with you? No, you go through Jesus. And the moment you go through Jesus and entrust your life, his work on the cross, he took the sacrifice for us, he paid the penalty for us, God says at that moment, we have in, been indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. And you can't get any more intimate than that. He's with us. And that's why, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, uh, and and not to just constantly uh, bang on the the charismatic group, and we're going to get into that later. But again, it's kind of that mentality that uh, we've talked before, but we have verbiage that we speak, and it's bad theology, right? And we say that, uh, oh, you know, I I sure hope God's presence with us, or God's presence is in this place. Well, first of all, when did he ever leave, Right? He, he's omnipresent. He's with us wherever we go. And he indwells us permanently by his Holy Spirit. So when did he ever leave? And, and what, take it to stage two. Now with that belief system, which is not biblical, that God's present left us, then you even have so-called Christian practices that you need to do that's no more than like an Indian rain dance trying to trick God into coming back. Right? You've got to dance in a certain way. You've got to sing in a certain way. And you've got to do it in a certain order and function with this. You've got to do these 15 steps to this and buy this book here and, and that. And all of a sudden, the presence of God will be all over you. When did he ever leave? And that's not how we develop intimacy with God. 
All this be based on the exact reversal of what the scripture uh, teaches. But that's kind of the Shinto is uh, mindset. Okay, now you're saying, well, man, I'm never going to get into that. Who in their right mind would fall for this? Well, this is where they have a different methodology for evangelism. And one of their biggest ones, you might think, well, I'm never going to get out. I'm one of these old people, right? Well, the young whippersnappers like Ken, right, Ken? Yeah, a lot of that, that generation is in this uh, crazy thing called anime, okay? Anime, okay, is a huge way that they're using to promote uh, Shintoistic uh, beliefs, okay? The term anime is the Japanese word for animation, which we just saw one of their beliefs in Shintoism is animism, Okay? Uh, things of that nature. And it refers to this uh, animation style that comes from Japan. Um, Brandy and I were talking about this before, and, and both of us were like, that was just one cart. I, give me Bugs Bunny all day long. Give me Yosemite Sam, back when they made real good cartoons, when they beat each other over the head with stuff, and Wile E. Coyote, and they blew each other up in love. You know, I don't know, and dropped rocks in their head. But, he was, <laughs> but I never got into this Japanese anime. Anybody? Whatever. I, you got some people out there maybe that like, I just couldn't do it. It's like, First of all, I'm used to Bugs Bunny where there's a free-flowing thing, and you guys are like, eh, eh, jerky, and the guy whose lips was always out of sync, and not just because of the language issue, like Godzilla. Okay, and it's like, well, what, kind of, what are you guys trying to do? Would you like have no budget for this? You know, anyway, whatever. I just never got into it. But part of it is there's much more going on than meets the eye with the Japanese uh, anime, okay? Uh, and they also have their counterpart, not only with anime, one thing that they promote it is not just with the anime uh, animation, but another thing that's called uh, manga or manja, however you pronounce that, and that basically is their comic books, okay? Are comic books a big influence on people today? Yes, they are. Man, that would be fun to delve into that, but that's a, that's a big issue there. But that's what they call the anime, the, the manga, okay? So between those two things and, as we're going to see in a second, video games, okay, man, this is a huge, huge outreach for Shintoism. Okay, beliefs as well, and some Buddhism too. Okay, but let's take a look at that. Uh, again, according to Shintoism, the Japanese people are the direct descendants of many gods and spirits, the kami, okay, living throughout the islands. Now, the themes of Shintoism are common in this anime and manga, and they, uh, they thrive in these uh, fantasy adventures that they come up with in the spirit world, world that intermingles with humanity. Some work out pretty good, some don't. Some are pleasant, some are unpleasant. Okay, and if you look at the anime, okay, uh, look at what they're doing. Okay, they are also employing elements of the occult, tarot cards, incantations, and a whole bunch more. Right, so it's not just like Bugs Money, some neutral thing. Okay, there's a spiritual belief that's being pushed through this as well. Okay, uh, another thing that their uh, the reputation for Japanese anime is also being extremely sexually. Uh, uh, overtones and extremely violent okay at various uh levels uh violent content ranging from light innuendo to slapstick violence to full-on porn okay that that term that they have for that they use anime it's just basically pornography uh it's called hentai if that's correct pronunciation that's how you spell it okay and that's just basically cartoons pornography i was even reading an article in the research and you know some some people are trying to justify it. Well, it's not really looking at pornography. It's just cartoons. Are you serious? Right? But that's kind of the mentality. So, so they even uh, push that as well. Uh, they also have what's called gore fest. Gore, as in not Al Gore, but that, anyway, gore, gore fest. Although that could be, I digress. Gore fest, and basically that's just really gross 
yuck, eat them, chew them, zombie kind of thing, whatever, right? And things of that nature, okay? And, uh, but, you know, back to this issue of hentai. I don't know about you, but I find this very offensive. And uh, we just switched our uh, uh, cable provider. And uh, first thing I did within that first week is I went through and I set all the blocks, man, on everything uh, for my household. And basically, it's like, well, we could have just done with rabbit ears by the time I was done. But, it was, but I, one thing that's offensive to me was just the cartoons today. Now, this isn't hentai, but have you noticed some of the sick cartoons out there? I mean, I mean Rebecca and Billy, we've, I think we've coached them pretty well. They know, oh, you know, right? And uh, most of that stuff's blocked now anyway. But it's, and then they show up during primetime family. This, this is adult cartoons. Not only for adults, but it's might as well be like an American form of hentai. It's crazy how crazy it's getting. But again, this is part of an indoctrination. But they use this uh, in uh, Shintoism. Now, as Christians, what does Scripture say we're supposed to dwell on? Let's tell me, God. Open your Bibles real quick to Philippians chapter 4. All right? Philippians chapter 4. Verse, let's start with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, right? But in everything, what do you do? If you don't want to be anxious about life, it's merimanao in the Greek, the same word that's used in Matthew chapter 6 for worry. Worry, anxious, exact same Greek word, merimanao, both of them mean consumed with self. And it answers a lot, doesn't it? When you get anxious, when you worry, when you're consumed with self, not God. You're more concerned about yourself, self-preservation, your self-situation, self-whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right? He says, don't do that. Instead, what do you do? Right? You want to flip it around. In everything, you what? You pray. Get consumed with God. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And what's the payoff? The peace of God, the antidote to anxiety and worry. What's it do? Right? It transcends all understanding. will guard your hearts and what? Minds in Christ Jesus. Keep reading. Don't stop there. What do you put in your mind now? You want to keep that peace flowing? Here's what you do. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what? Think on such things. Okay? And whatever you've heard, learned, received from me, put it into practice, and what? The God of peace will be with you. Right? We've joked about this before. Like, Pastor Billy, I just have no peace in my life. And I'm being bombarded by temptation. And I just, I just, well, I can't, I just can't my mind. I can't get any sleep. Oh, well, what's your routine? Well, uh, when I get, how's your walk with Jesus? Well, when I get in the morning, uh, uh, first thing I do is I turn on the TV and I watch the news and hear about people getting blown up and shot and all this horrible stuff and whatever. And then I get in my car and then uh, what do you do? You turn on the radio. What do you listen to? I listen to the news station. All these people going, and this, they tell you, hey, something blew up in this bank and there's all horrible behavior. Go through work. What's everybody talking about at work? Hey, did you hear that news story? You go on home. On your way home, you're in the car. What do you do? Turn on that news again. You get home, you eat some supper, you sit down. What do you do? Flip on the news one more time. Hang with the family for a little bit. Just before you go to bed, do you pray? Do you read the Bible? No, yeah, I've done that all day. You, one more time, just before you go to sleep, what do you do? Turn on that news. I can't sleep. I wonder why. Isn't that crazy? What are you putting in here? I'm not saying live in a little cave and, and keep your head in the sand, but come on. Let's get back to where you want some peace. Get back in the Word of God. Put that in your brain. 
right? And but but this issue with this stuff, you oh, that's just a you know that's just a you know anime, that's just a neutral thing, and it's a it's one of those gray areas. No, it's not. I don't care if it's anime or whatever it is. Is it right? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? Is it true? Don't put it in your brain. Otherwise, you're not going to be peaceful. Now, video games. Two of the biggest video games that they got going on that, believe it or not, is pushing this. Okay, is this one. The first one is Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon, which stands for Pocket Monsters. Okay. The other one, this one's for more little kids. Okay. Uh, the other one is uh, the Yugi, Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. That's more for the teenagers. But listen to this. Pokemon, you might think, oh, Pokemon, that was cool back in the 90s and 2000s. Nobody plays that anymore. Well, listen to this. Pokemon is the second most successful and lucrative video game business franchise in the world. Huge, huge thing. It's only second to Nintendo's Mario franchise. Okay, big massive uh, deal. Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh are the two most popular game franchises on the planet. Okay, and uh, they both have involvement with uh, combat with monsters and elements of competition and heavy doses of magic. Okay, Pokemon again starts, uh, is short for pocket monster, and it describes these creatures in the game that you use to play in the game. In the Pokemon world, these uh, there's monsters are various types of animals, you know, spirit animals and things, you know, Shintoism. Okay, the players must find these animals. You got to capture these animals. You got to train these animals, and then you pit them against other people. So that's kind of the premise uh, in the game. And uh, but anyway, so but it also they have magical abilities as well. Here comes the cami, right? Based on spiritual concepts, particularly those of the Eastern faith, some which are drawn from Buddhist and Shinto traditions. So again, is this neutral? No, it's indoctrinating people into this mindset uh, as well. Now concepts such as Right? How many guys would knowingly let your kid get indoctrinated into this? Because this is what they promote. Psychic ability, demonic possession, chanting, summoning up demons, communing with demons, uh, amongst other things. That's what's going on in these games that most people have, and it's the second most popular game on the planet. Pokemon. Can you believe that? How many kids are being indoctrinated in this? And most people have no clue. Why are my kids so messed up? Why are they getting so blah, blah, blah? What are you putting in the brain? What are you letting them put in the brain? Okay. Unlike Pokemon, which is uh, targeted uh, to a young audience, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is more towards uh, teenagers, uh, and it's got a uh, uh, centered more on the storyline of the Japanese comics, the manga. Okay. And some of the themes and characters are a much more mature right, than the Pokemon. Pokemon is basically the entry level, and the other one is more to let's go advanced now and get even darker, okay, is what's going on. Uh, and basically, like in this uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, the central character of the series is literally possessed by a spirit who takes control of him when he is threatened. And the spirit also drives him to participate in games of chance. A lot of gambling going on uh, in this stuff. You might think, well, that's not a big deal. That doesn't influence anybody. Actually, some of the articles that I read is this has produced a lot of kids growing up, and they literally have a serious addiction uh, to gambling. Because this is one of the things that these games promote. So it does affect behavior uh, as well. The card game also draws heavily on dark concepts such as negotiating with spirits, summoning the spirits, etc. And not only is the magic more occult-like, but the monsters of Yu-Gi-Oh! are more noticeably monstrous than those in Pokemon. And basically, Pokemon, uh, they believe, uh, and Yu-Gi-Oh! are, uh, Poke you start off soft, if you will, with Pokemon, just to kind of get them indoctrinated in it okay, into magic and evolution and Eastern spiritualism and the occult, 
and then Yu-Gi-Oh takes even serious uh, con- connotation as well. Uh, and there's definitely uh, some disturbing aspects of the games. The possessed character of Yu-Gi-Oh, for example, portrays uh, something real, the demonic, and it just shows it, okay, but it portrays it as something good, okay, is another problem uh, with that as well. So many different facets, many different ways. You say, I will never become a Shintoist. Are you kidding me? I have nothing against the Japanese people, but I'm not going to worship Japan or the Japanese people. I'm not going to be a Shintoist, but really? Do, do, do you watch anime? Do you read their comic books? Are you into that kind of art form? Right? Do you play the video games? Because there's many different ways to reach the culture with your belief system, and these guys are being pretty slick about it. Okay? And it's reaching the whole planet. Okay? And as the church, we need to uh, counter this, certainly, uh, with the gospel and do what we can. Lord willing, next time we're going to get into the next kind of spinoff, because that's, again, what we're dealing with, the spinoffs of Hinduism, which Buddhism is, okay? But we're going to hopefully not get too confused when we talk about Confucianism, okay? Uh, And then we'll go from there. All right, let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you, one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, Let's take a a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, The Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal, okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, We've already said we're a bunch of liars, okay? Well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, It could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, That means that we're a thief, okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says you shall not use the Lord's name in vain, Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you, that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? 
The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God, and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually 
this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask Him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in His work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.